You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, so once again, uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, it is tov to everybody. We, I want to thank uh, Yonatan, who uh, had to fill in for me to generate the sources for tonight. Um, many of the sources are actually duplicates from last night because we didn't finish as much as I thought. But as a teacher, I know it's important to have new sources every night and not make a person confused about what we're doing and going back to the day before. Um, so thank you, Yonatan, uh, when you call in uh, for spending the time on the computer and finding the material from Hebrew books. Um, it's a little bit of a different uh, print than it was uh, yesterday, uh, but I hope everybody will be able to uh, follow along. We're going to start, as we did yesterday, 20 minutes of halacha, 30 minutes of Talmud Yerushalmi, and then 40 minutes of Talmud Bavli. So we start with the halacha Tov Samech Zion in Hilchas Pesach. Yonatan has, uh, in the sheet that uh, Yonatan has made for us, uh, printed off, it's called Mishnah 149. And you can see it's, it's the sheet that says Mishnah 149. Okay, there's going to there's gonna be three pages out of the Mishnah Burr we're going to be doing, 149, uh, 150, and 151. So let's get started. Yudbeis, we're going to start with the Mechaber. Imolgoi. Yudbeis. You'd bet. So, immolgo, what does that mean? We're talking about um, uh, singeing a chicken's feathers off. We're talking about a dead chicken, a dead piece of meat that you're going to want to eat. You shechted it properly, but it's full of feathers and other things. So, what they used to do was they would put, they would dump the chicken for a certain amount of time into boiling water. And that's what the Ramo explains here. Perish. To get rid of all the feathers. Tarnagolis of a chicken. Then they discovered, after the chicken's been taken out of there, and the chicken is being readied in another pot, <coughs> chicken's being worked on, saw, whatever was going on. We'll talk about where they salted the chicken in a couple of minutes. But the chicken's out of the pot. But now, in the place where you had heated, where you had had the boiling water, you now find a a a a, a kernel of wheat. So what's the halacha asura tarnagolos? We don't eat the chicken. The reason is because even though you discovered it later, as we mentioned yesterday, you assumed at least lechumra that the piece of the chicken was. In the pot when the wheat was there before, the the kernel of wheat did not fall into the pot later. <clears throat> the kernel of wheat was there when the chicken was boiling, and therefore, it's unlike the cases yesterday where it was with cold water or next to each other in the oven. Here, <clears throat> the kernel of chametz, its chametz power, <clears throat> has transferred into the chicken because of the hot water that was boiling it. The im Maybe the kernel was in the chicken feathers. Okay, that's a good question. 
the Ramah is going to talk. The Ramah is going to talk about that. No, I get that same. Okay. What I think it's Henry talking. What Henoch is saying is going to come up later in the Ramah. The, the Ramah on the next page, Ramosh Israelis is going to talk about another possibility where the kernel came from. But let's move on. Let's say it isn't in a uh, in the pot where the hot water was, where it was boiling. All it was was in a uh, a, a vessel that had cold water. And there was, a, there's not enough there to, uh, it's not like the, the, there's much more water than there is the kernel. And it's cold. So now, even though that water you discovered had a kernel of chametz in it, but before you discovered that, what did you do with that water? You used that water to cook something with. Or you made matzah with that water. So in other words, the water originally uh, was, it was cold water that was sitting there. You poured that water into a second vessel. And then that second vessel, you cooked something for Pesach. Or you poured from vessel number one into your flour to make matzah. Then you discover, after you're making the matzah or cooking what you want for Pesach, you discover that the pot of water where this came from had a kernel of wheat. What's the din there? Shalom l'kvodarav. <laughs> Shalom Iran. Hello. Shalom l'kvodarav. Shalom l'kvodarav. So the point is Okay, so we're on so somebody please send to Iran uh the, the material. Um I can send it to you or somebody who's has the email. If Iran you'll you'll you know what? Here, let's put it on. Okay, we are on, on, on Mishnah Bura one forty nine. Mishnah Bura 149. Okay. okay. Right. right. So we're talking about, okay. we're reading we're reading the uh, Machaber, where the Machaber has said that the water, as I said before, is not a problem because the water is cold. So even if the wheat was in there before, and we don't know because the wheat might have fallen in later, but even if we want to say the wheat was there the whole time, there's not enough energy in the cold water that was sitting there to make all the water to make all the water uh, chametz. So therefore in that case, even though when it comes to the boiling chicken you would throw, the chicken is usser, but the water is fine. But the Shulchan Aruch says, Yesh mi sha'oser imu pesach. If it's on Pesach itself, even though it's cold water, some say you have to be worried that something maybe got through, because that's the chumrah of chametz b'mashuhu. Also, it really depends, of course, how long the water was sitting there. If the water was there for 24 hours, there is a possibility that it sat there, and that's called kovush. That is like cooking. That's if if something is soaked for 24 hours in the same place, 
we consider it like it's being cooked. We don't know if it did sit for 24 hours. It's possible that this piece of wheat was there the whole time. That would be a reason to be machmer, but the, the Shulchan Aruch says not to, he says, yesh misha oser. Now, um, let's go to the next page. So we are in Tuf Samach Zion, Jackie. Simon Tuf Samach Zion, Sif Yudbeis. In most editions, that would be page I and Gimel. That's Tuf Samach Zion, Sif Yudbeis. Let's now go on to the next page, which is page 150. No, it's Rabbi, it's Yes. Okay, can you hear me now better? Can everybody hear me all right? Okay. Okay, we are now on the second page that uh, was sent out today. It's, 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 you, you, you don't hear it. What's happening is that everybody's uh, mics is going all at once. Okay. All right. We are now on the second page that Yonatan sent to the mission. Rabbi, what's going on is everyone's mics is unmuted, so it's cutting over you. Okay. I, I, so let's ask everybody to please mute. I'm going to send the message. And we're going to have questions later. Okay. So let's mute the microphones and if you, and we'll have the questions coming up. Okay. Thank you. All right. So now on this, the next page, which is labeled Mishnah Burr 150. Yes, this is the Ramah speaking. Some say that even the chicken that came out of the steaming container is okay. Because first of all, who knows, maybe it fell in later after the chicken was taken out. There are some that say that it really depends what you were wrote, what you were putting into the pot. Now you might we talked about a chicken, but if there are people that are a little more wealthy, they have a little goat, another small animal, whatever it is, that also they're going to place into the water to get rid of the, to get rid of the excess hair. Some say that those animals are more problematic. The reason is, is something that Henoch was referring to. Umatir betarnagolus. But a chicken would actually be allowed. Mikoach svek sveka. The reason is, is because maybe the chick, the, where did it come from? In other words, where did the chita come from? The chita might have actually come from the chicken itself. The, from the chicken's body, and the chicken ate it. Now, a piece of wheat 
that goes through the animal's digestive system and now came out somehow, it's possible that's not considered chametz anyway. So even if the chicken ate a piece of chametz and absorbed it, but the eating of it changes it and now becomes waste material of a chicken, not chametz. And therefore, we don't consider it problematic. So that's a sfek sveka. Number one, you're not sure. Uh, it might have been in the chicken, and therefore it's not chametz. And even if it wasn't in the chicken, maybe it fell into the water after the chicken was taken out. But who eats little pieces of kernels of wheat? Chickens do. But little goats and other smaller, other meat animals, they don't eat pieces of wheat. And therefore, there is no sveka, and that's why for them it would be usr. Linyan minag nira, what should be the minag the Ramah says? Laaser bishar bosser o bechita shlema, afilo betarnagolis. That the minag should be is that if it is, if it's a, if it's a sheep or a lamb, then we should not allow it. Also, if you can see from the way the wheat looks, a piece of wheat popped that had gone through the animal's uh, system would not look completely whole. There would be some marks in it. There would be some indicators that it actually went through the esophagus, whatever it went through, the corcovan, went through the, 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 all the pipes and tubes. If it looks completely whole, then you have to discount that and you have to be machmir and assume that it fell in while the chicken was boiling. That's if you were actually doing maliga. You were really trying to singe it and roast the feathers off. But if it was cold water, and even though they were dumped in the water, even though the chickens were in the containers of water, and then you found in some of them the wheat, but since it was cold, we say it's not a problem. And if you can look at it, and you look at that kernel, and it seems to be cracked, it doesn't seem to be whole, that already rises the possibility that the chicken had bit into it, and had started to eat it and peck at it before it swallowed it, then you have a svexveka to be meiko. Now, I just want to point out one thing here before we continue, is that obviously when you're doing maliga, you've obviously salted uh, the animal. If you have a dead animal that you slaughtered and it's all the blood is going to come out of it if you stick it right into hot boiling water. So even though you're getting the fur or the feathers off, the blood will come out of the animal through the hot water, and back into the animal. That's usr. So we have to be talking here that he did the proper salting or something like that. In fact, even when it comes to uh, doing maliga, of, 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 of singeing off the feathers, the Sh- Mr. Burr says that you should do it in a klisheni, because a klishon, you have to be worried about the blood coming out and coming back in. A klisheni technically doesn't have that same type of heat. Let's finish off here.
Let's say um, the chicken got mixed up with other chickens. And because of that, um, there's going to be a big loss. You're going to have to throw out all the hotel's food. Oh, no, we found something and we're in the pot where one of the chickens was. If it's a hefs and maruba and people aren't going to be able to have their meals for yomtif, and all of these cases, if it's a hefs and maruba, you could assume that it didn't happen and just get rid of the piece of wheat, get rid of the chametz, and everybody's chicken is okay. Let's go to the next page. That's page 151. Let's say it went from one to another. So if there's any question of Kefsen Merubah, and it's not the original uh, material, not the original water, got mixed up in other water, you should be, you are allowed uh, to be matir. Okay? Many cases, yes. If it's only a big, if it's only a chumra, a derabanan, hefsed meruba allows you. We don't want people not to celebrate Pesach. We don't want people not to have food. Um, that's right. Um, the um, and remember, it really depends if it's cold or if it's hot. So this is my friends uh, for today. Uh, this is going to be our Mishnah Brewer learning. So that's the Mishnah Brewer learning for today. We're now going to go to the Yerushalmi. Um, Yonatan uh, sent it out to everyone, and I forwarded it. That is the first. Uh, that is the very first um, attachment. So. If you go to the top of the page, the Yerushalmi, it says Yerushalmi Mesechta's Brachot on the top. Uh, and here we're going to learn Mesechta, we're going to learn the Yerushalmi. Um, I, I just want to point out that we're almost finished with our first Mesechta Yerushalmi. Uh, we'll see about making a Siyam on it, perhaps for people who need a Siyam for uh, Erev uh, Pesach. Uh, my Rebbe, Rav Heinemann, uh, has already paskined that he feels even a Bechor this year shouldn't be fasting in order to be as healthy as possible. So even if you're not able to be at a Siyam, uh you could eat, according to Rav Heinemann. Uh, so, however, we are on our the cusp of finishing Mesechtas, Brochos, Yerushalmi. And Mir Tashem, we're going to be able to finish many more Mesechtas. Those of you that know, realize this was a neder that I took on upon myself for the health of my grandson, Kalev Natan Tapolovsky. That's my daughter, Rina's son, who was born premature and with a number of health issues. And Baruch Hashem is doing very well. And I'm sure our learning of the Yerushalmi is helping him. So we're going to start our learning of the Yerushalmi today, right now. It starts with the fourth line of the page. Rav Hanina Bar Yoka B'Shem Rav Yudah. Chita, we just talked about Chita in the Halacha. Chita is very tough. The roots of a wheat stalk can go down into the ground. How far? They could go into the ground 50 Amas. They're so powerful. 
the roots of a uh, fig tree, rachim. The fig. Now, this is important to know that when your roots are well, soft, when your roots are soft, the roots are able to penetrate rock. So the roots of a fig tree are so soft that they are able to penetrate the rock. Boken batsur. Tani Rabbi Shmuel ben Elazar. Oimer. Eina aritz shosa elufi chisuma. If you're thinking about how much earth, how much water the earth took in in order to make the bracha, we talked about yesterday. The bracha vore minei vore and all the brachot of rain, it really depends on how soft the earth was. How is it that the roots of a carob tree, the roots of a sycamore tree, where are they going to get their water from? Because the water from above can't penetrate that far. So where is that water coming from? The Yerushalmi is asking. So we're talking about how is it that carob trees and sycamore trees' roots become inundated with water? The water from the rain doesn't sink deep enough to get down there, and the earth is very... I'm sorry, is that Jackie? Yes, I'm a Kim Shorish. Right, but uh, but the <laughs> Jackie, of course, is a gardener and understands the way uh, things grow. But but the Yerushalmi is asking that if it's if the roots are so deep, the roots of the carob tree, the charuv, the roots of the shikmar are so deep, yeah. where where does it get nourishment from? So the Yerushalmi answers, Amar of Chanina, Achas l'shloshim yom to home ola umashkeoto. The Tahom itself rises up. We talked about this yesterday. The water from below rises up and is able to somehow reach those roots. The water from above doesn't get there, but the water from below does. And that's God's water from below, as the Pasuk says, My taima, ani Hashem no I save it, l'ragoyim ashkena. The rega, every 30 days or so, the water comes up. Now, the reason why we call it a rega is because the day of God is a thousand years. If the day of God is a thousand years, you could figure out the hour of God is about 83 years. And the rega is one 1,080th of an hour. So one 1,080th of 83 equals about 29. That's not my Chiddush. That's from Rab David Luria, one of the great, uh, the Gon of Bichav. That's how we know that the Rega, when we say Rega in God's mind, that's about 29 days. Okay? Remember, the day of God is, is about a thousand years. If the day of God is a thousand years, as I said, the hour is about um, 83 years. And 83 years, uh, one 1,080 of that is about 29 days. And that's why every 29 days, the home rises up and gives water. Amreb Zira Tani Tamon, Razul Bololam, Visovea Bololam. If a person sees things are cheap, or if a person sees there's plenty of food around, or Nahar, Mafsikla Medina, 
The river is giving enough for everyone. That's enough to say the bracha hatova meitiv. Doesn't have to be a famine. Doesn't have to be just seeing things operating well, the economy working well, the river is working well. That's enough to make a bracha for the whole world of the whole community you're part of. Baruch hatova meitiv. Amrulo meitaviv nebach. If someone is told his father has passed away, Omer Baruch Dayan Amet. The first thing to say is Dayan Amet. Mate, the Horisho. But let's say the person dies, the person's father dies. However, he was wealthy and he leaves the person over a decent inheritance. Omer, after he says Dayan Amet, he says Atova Metiv. Good, this is the way of the world. People die. And since people die, people leave over their inheritance to others. The child is not showing callousness by making that bracha. It's true, especially if there's other brothers and other sisters that he can share the money with. Then you can say, Baruch HaTov HaMetiv. Of course, first you say, Dayan Emet. But even when someone dies, there is, the world moves on. And what that person worked on his whole life is now shared by his children. Let's go on. The next uh, next Mishnah, the next Halakha. If a person builds a new house, if a person buys new clothes, Omer Baruch Shegiyanu Vizmanazeh. That's what we call Shehechiyanu. Mivarucha Ara'ah Me'ein Atova. A person makes a brocha on Ra'ah even though there's good in it. But right now it's Dayan Emet, even though there might be something good. Falatova, Meinalara. Person makes a brachan tova, even though there might be something bad in it later. Right now you're experiencing the good, you make a tova metiv. Hatsoeklishavar, we of course know this from the Bavli. If a person screams over something that's already happened, it's already occurred, but he doesn't know about it. <laughs> Either you got, listen, I went today to get tested. Um, I can't start davening. Please, God, don't let me have the coronavirus. I either have it or I don't. I don't think I have it. Neither did the person who saw me today. If you cry about the past, that's an empty prayer. It already happened. Va'amar yiratzon shetewed ishti zachar harezu tefilatshav. If a person's wife is already pregnant and you start praying that she the child should be a male, that is an in, that is not a proper prayer. It doesn't mean anything. It's already been determined what the sex of the child is. You come back from the from a trip and you realize people are screaming in town. There's fire engines, there's alarm bells, there's people crying. Yomar, you shouldn't, you should say, and if he says that, that's a tefillat shav. Oh, I please God, let this not be my house. It's already happening. Of course, you don't want it to be your house. But if you make, if you say such a prayer, it already occurred. Have bitochon that it's not your house. And if it is your house, be ready to help your family. But don't daven to God that it shouldn't be your house. Now, of course, this is the, we have to say, 
many people, this is their normal inclination to do that, to, to say, oh, please let it not be my house. The Mishnah is telling us to be calm and realize that is a tefillah shav. We understand your emotions, but it's a tefillah shav. Next, let's say it isn't new clothes. Let's say they're, they're, what do they call it when you go to the vintage store? Uh, barely used clothes. You can tell somebody wore it. But for him, I've been looking for a jacket like that. And therefore, you would make a shechiyanu. Even though someone else bought it and wore it before, but now it's your turn to wear it and you're happy about having it, if you have the simcha of wearing it, you would make a bracha. Rabbi Yaakov Razavdi B'Shem Rebchia Barabba Amar Kana Amar Baruch Shechiyonu V'Kimonu V'Gionu V'Zman Hazeh If you uh, if you buy it from a merchant and you pay him money then you make Shechiyonu but let's say the merchant or someone else gives it to you as a gift Nitan Lo Amar Baruch HaTov HaMetiv because HaTov HaMetiv is bigger than you Shechianu is you're happy that you are alive uh, to be here for this. But when someone gives you a present, that person is also getting something. He's getting the benefit of seeing how happy you are having it. And you're happy getting it. So now it's it's both of you together. The person is almost like God giving you the present. And therefore, he's happy he gave you the present. And you're happy you got it. So there the proper brach is tov ametiv. Next, Rav Bo Bar Ava de Rav Bo Mori B'Shem Rav Acha Kana Amar Baruch Shegiyanu Nitan Amar Baruch Tov Ametiv Lavush Begadim Amar Baruch Malbisha Rumim. When you put the clothing on, then you make a new bracha Malbisha Rumim. So in other words, you make Shachiyanu when you buy it, when you have the. Uh, now, when we don't pass in this way in Shulchan Aruch, but according to the Yerushalmi, the moment that you feel this Simch of Shechianu is when you purchase it. That's when you make Shechianu. When you put it on, then you say Malbisha Rumim. Let's move on the page. Very interesting stuff coming now. Uh, oh, and gonna be, we're going to be doing the Yerushalmi till approximately 8.30. Osa Sukal La'atzmo Omer Baruch Hasher Kedishonu B'mitzvosav V'tzivanu La'asot Sukkah. You hear this? According to the Yerushalmi, there's a bracha you make when you build your sukkah. Because it says, Chag Sukkot Taselacha. There's a mitzvah to make a sukkah. The Yerushalmi says you make a bracha on building the sukkah. Now maybe when you finish building it, when you put up the three walls or whatever, how many walls it is, you make that bracha. Asher Kiddishanu Mitzotav Asot Sukkah. Now how about, if I know, I know Tzion is here, and other people that have put up sukkahs for people, how about L'Acherim? How about if you're building a sukkah for someone else? Ken, Rabbi, I didn't want to drop you, but, but Rabbi, all those brachot is B'Shem Malchut? According to the Yerushalmi, yes, we don't have this brach in the Bavli, but the Poskim say not to make it. But if, if we do not... Okay, Tzion, you can close your... Thank you. But Tzion asked a good question. These brachot are unusual. It comes from the Yerushalmi, and the, it's not mentioned in the Bavli, so the Shulchan Aruch does, does not say to make this bracha. 
However, we are learning Yerushalmi now. And from the Yerushalmi's point of view, you should make that bracha. Now, let's say I'm making the bracha. I made a sukkah for someone else. <coughs> so I make a bracha. That I am making the sukkah for, let's say, I'm, let's say I would build Sion sukkah. That's my, that's my, that's my, that's my question. Right. That's my question. Right. You would make the bracha and say, Asher Kiddishanu, B'mitzvosav V'tzivanu, L'asot Sukkah B'shvil Tzion. That's the way you would make the bracha. If I was making it for you, I would say, L'asot Sukkah L'shem Tzion Suisa, or with Tzion Iran Shemesh. I would make that bracha and put your name in it, <laughs> because I'm making it for you. You have to own the sukkah. It's your sukkah. I'm making it for you. So therefore, you're my, I'm your shliach to make it. So I'm making the bracha and I have you in mind. And I put your name in the bracha. That's what the Yishalmi says. Nichnas le'sheva. Let's say you go to sit in the sukkah. Then you make Omer Baruch Hashir Kedishonu Mitzvah V'tzivonu le'shev basukkah. But Meshu Mevorech Allah Lele Yom Tov HaRishon Eino Tzorach Levorech Aleha Od. So according to the Yerushalmi, not like we Paskin, the Yerushalmi says you make Leshev Basukah only once. And then the mitzvah goes the whole time. You do not make the bracha again every time you go in and every day. Because there is no hefsek for that mitzvah. The Torah says Shivat Yamim, night and day. So even though you happen to go out to the Knesset or you went out of your sukkah, whatever it was, but you only make Leshev Basukah once. The first time you go in, and you only make that bracha one time. That's the sheet of the Yerushalmi. Now the Yerushalmi says, Me'ata, ha'oselu of la'atzmo, Omer, barach asher k'nishonu b'mitzvosav, v'tzivonu la'asot lulav. When you make a lulav. Now what does it mean you make a lulav? Making a lulav means you take the dalad minim, and you tie them all together. You take your aravot, and adasim, and, and, and the lulav, you put them together, you wrap them, you bind them, when you put them all together, when you're ma'aged, the three minim together, you make a bracha beforehand. What's the bracha? The bracha is la'asot <laughs> lulav. And let's say my friend doesn't know how to tie the lulav him up. I always tie up my son's lulav and etrog, or my daughter's. So I would make the bracha with their name. Asher k'nishonam zavitzivonu la'asot lulav the batsheva, whoever it is I'm making it for. Then when I pick the lulav up on the first day of Pesach, on Sukkot, I'm sorry, I say, Al Nitilat Lulav, and I say, Shechiyano. But not like Sukkah. When it comes to Sukkah, it's unbroken. Because even at night, there's a mitzvah. But Lulav, there's no mitzvah of Lulav at night. So since every evening represents a break, every time you pick up the Lulav, you're going to make a new bracha. Okay? Hi, Charles. So we're doing the Yerushalmi uh, uh, from uh, today's uh, uh, today's Yerushalmi brachos. Let's go on to the, um, the, we're on the bottom of page uh, one, coming to page two. Ha'osem mezuzah la'atzmo, omer la'asot mezuzah. If a person writes a mezuzah, 
According to the Yerushalmi, there's a new sort of bracha, because it says by mezuzah, So if you have a, a, a mezuzah that you've written for your house, the fact that even before you put the mezuzah on, you make a bracha, according to the Yerushalmi, that you wrote the mezuzah for your house. Let's say I'm a sofer, and I'm writing a mezuzah for you, so I say, and then I say the name of the person. So let's say it's my good friend, Rabbi Luzer, that I see over here. If I want to make, if I'm writing a, uh, a, a mezuzah for Rabbi Luzer, so I say, and I put, and that, that would be the brach I would make. Now we're on page two of the Yerushalmi. Keshu koveya. When you put the mezuzah on the door, then you say, Asher Kedishonu Mimtsasav Vitzivonu Al Mitzvot Mezuzah. Not Likvoa Mezuzah. Al Mitzvot Mezuzah. Ose Tfilin La'atzmo. If you write Tfilin, there's also a Tfilin. Uchsavtem, Uchshartem. If you write Tfilin, you also make a brach according to the Yerushalmi. If you write Tfilin for someone else, you put their name in the bracha. Kishru Lovesh. When you put the tefillin on, then you say al mitzvah tefillin. The same thing. The Yerushalmi goes on to osit tzitzis laatzmo, because we say, what do we say? Masulachem tzitzis, masulachem tzitzis al tzitzit al kanfei big dayhem. You're supposed to actually put tzitzis onto a begit. So when you when you make the tzitzis, when you put the tzitzis together, and you now have them with you kafel shmona, you have the uh, the string that you've now. Uh, doubled and it's ready. So when you when you have your tzitzis ready on the beged and you're about to put it on the beged, you make a bracha according to the Yerushalmi. When you put it on, you make a different bracha. When you put it on for when you're making it for someone else, you put that other person in the bracha. Hatoreim. Let's say you're taking truma off. You make a bracha. Let's say you're taking Meiser off. Make a bracha. Omer, Asher Kedisham Savitzivano, Lafrit Truma Meiser. Let's say I'm taking Meiser off for you. You're not feeling well. You ask me to go to your field and take off Trumas and Meisros. Then I make the bracha, and according to the Yerushalmi, I say, Lahafrit Truma Meiser, whoever asked me. If it's Avrami, I say, Lahavrami. Hashochet. Let's say I'm going to Shech the Behema. So, Zorach Levarech, Asher Kedishanu, B'mitzvosah V'tzivanu, Al Hashchita. That's the brach you make for Shechting. Hamachase, we know that when you Shecht birds, and when you Shecht uh, Chayot, you're supposed to do Kisri Adam. Whoever does Kisri Adam makes his own bracha, Asher Kedishanu V'tzivanu, Al Kisri Adam. Okay. Next, Hamol. Let's say a person is uh, performing a Brit Milah, whether he's the father or the mother. Yes. Yes, what's your question? If, when, you make, when you make the tzitzit, you make the Shem Mitzvah tzitzit, and you have to put the name of the guy, the guy that you make the tzitzit for him? According to the or Yerushalmi, just the Shem yes. According to the Yerushalmi, if okay. you, are, you would have the person in mind, because that's going to be his tzitzit, yes. Oh, you have to have him in mind, or you have to say his name? You have to say Lishmo. Lishmo means that person. Okay. Okay? I would say okay. you should add, you say okay. the person's name. That's the best way. 
You're making the bracha. You say, Asher, Asot, Mitzvot, Asot, Tzitzit, Lishvutziot. Now let's say, Hamal, the person who is the Moel. Tzorach, Livarech, Asher, Tzivano, Alamila. But the father makes a special bracha. Avi Aben, Omer, Baruch, Asher, Kedishon, Amsov, Tzivano, Lachniso, Bebriso, Shalavram, Avino. And I owned him sham tsrikhan lamar kashem shehiknasto libris the same way you father got him to the bris kain tachniseu litora lkhupa nothing about maisim tovim here in the yershalmi but it's also it's not kashem shehiknasto libris kain yikones it's the father kashem that you brought him into the bris you should bring him to Torah and khupa hamivarech Let's say the person who's standing at the Kriyat Hashem, Tzorach Levarech Baruch Hashem Kiddush Yedid Mi Beten, that of course was Yitzchak, V'chok B'She'ero Sam, and he put the Chok in the body of Yitzchak, which was, he was the first Jew that was born eight days later to get the Brit. V'tzetzaav Chatam Ba'ot Brit Kodesh. And Yitzchak's descendants are all Given a Brit, which is the Oath Brit Kodesh, Alkain Beschar Zot, El Chai Kelkenu. God should do what? Surenu. Tzavei, command. Lahatzil Yedidot Sherenu Mishachat. Oh boy, do we need this today, right? <laughs> there should be more Brit Milas around, and we should, the people who are going to a Brit, the Mavarech should have a lot of Kavanah. The Schut that Claudius continues to do the Mitzvah of Brit Milah even today. During the coronavirus, we need special schuyot for Hakadosh Baruch Hu to say, "Save Yedidot Shereinu Mishachat, save the rest of us, save all of us from this destructive force that has been unleashed." Baruch Ata Hashem Koreta Brit. Now we have a, we have about eight minutes left, but a very fundamental discussion. Let's take a look. Mitzvat Eimat Mevarach when you have a mitzvah, when do you make the bracha on them? Rabbi Yochanan Omar, over lasiyatan, before you do the mitzvah. Rav Huna Omar, bishat asiyatan. Not, be- not before, while it's happening. This is a shita we never saw in the Bavli, that you should actually do the, make the bracha while the mitzvah is started. It's not you make the bracha before. Rav Huna felt the bracha should go hand in hand with the action of the mitzvah starting. We do not see this in the Bavli anymore. Isa the Rav Huna Kishmul. But Rav Huna is like the great Amora Shmuel. The Yom Rav Yossi Baravun B'Shem Shmuel. Kol HaMitzvos Tu'unos Bracha B'Shat HaSiyatan. The bracha should happen while the mitzvah is starting. Chutz from two exceptions Shmuel had. Tkiah and Tfilah. Obviously, tkiat shofar, you can't be making a bracha while you're blowing the shofar. It doesn't work. And what else? The other one is tvilah. A, a, a ger tzedek or a person who's tameh is going to the mikvah. He can't make the bracha. He can't make the bracha when he's in the water. Right. So therefore, he makes the bracha afterwards. So tkiat shofar, even Huna says, should be done before the mitzvah. And going to the mikvah, tvila should be done after the mitzvah. The yeshomrim kiddushin bibeila. Some say when it comes to kiddushin, when you're makadish an issue with beila, some say that also should not be done during the act. 
<laughs> in other words, that might also be if a person makes a bracha, Saisha, and then he is about to have sex with her in order to make that woman his wife. So he shouldn't make that bracha during Be'ila. He should make the either he should make it afterwards. The pasnish. Yeah, it's right. It's a pasnish. Amar Yona, There's another one. Tvilin Shalyad. Now, the Yerushalmi's opinion is that you make a bracha not only when you put tefillin on, but when you take tefillin off. The Yerushalmi says, based on the pasuk at the end of Parshas Bo, where it says v'shamartes achukazos miyomim yemima, that is a uh, a a, a tzivui of taking your tefillin off before the evening. In other words, take your tefillin off at night. Take your tefillin off before Shabbat. And when you do that, you're makayim a mitzvah. So in the time, in the, according to the Yerushalmi, that is the bracha. Baruch atah Hashem elkeinu melochaylam, asher kedishon hamsav v'tzivanu, lishmor chukav, to be shomer the chuk, taking the tefillin off. So now the question is, when do you make that bracha? So of course, that bracha you have to make after you take it off, right? Tefillin shoyad ad shelo yachlotz. Meaning you make it, you take, you make the bracha when? Before, after you take it off. The shorosh, yovo. What about, what about the shorosh? It says, lo yovo mindiyeve hayovo. The rosh has to, um, you have to keep on anyway. So you keep the rosh on. In other words, first you take off the shorosh, then you take on the shoyad. So you make this bracha after you take off the shoyad. We only have about four or five minutes of the Yerushalmi. Interesting case here. What do you do with Shechita? When do you make the bracha? We said before, according to Yochanan, it should be before you shecht. According to Rav Hun, it should be while you're shechting. Rav Yochanan says, over Lishchot, before you shecht. Rav Yossi ben Amar, no, Mishayishchot. You make it after the Shechita. Why? Lama? Because maybe the shechita didn't go well. There's so many things. There's five special halachot to remember when you shecht. Shia, grama, achlada. There's, there's, there's issues about shechting. And sometimes you didn't do it right. So if you make the bracha ala shechita before, and then you fumble the knife, you don't do it correctly, it's a bracha levatala. So therefore, you make the bracha, Rav Yossi says, after the shechita. So the Gemara now asks, one second. I understand Rav Yochanan. Rav Yochanan assumes if you're a shochet, the Gemara says, Rav Mitsuyim Eitzel Shechita Mumchemeim. If you've got this knife ready to shecht, you probably know what you're doing. So why do we assume you're going to mess up the shechita? Okay. Rav Nuroi is worried. If he's worried, then he should wait until you check the simonim. Because it's only when you check the simonim and you know you have rova the simonim slaughtered, you know you have a kosher animal. So if Noroy is worried because he waits for the shechita to be over, he should wait even a couple minutes later till the shochet is able to take out the esophagus and the windpipe and make sure that they most of them were cut. So let's see what the Gemara answers. Chazaka. The same way our chazaka is that the in, inner inside of the animal there was no 
there was no hole in them, that there was no in, there was no hole in the kishka, there was no hole in the stomach that made the animal trafe. You don't have to check the animal. The same way I assume you cut the simon improperly. Let's say you shecht an animal, and then wolves come before you can get the meat, and they stick their face into the animal, and they grab out some of the kishkas of the animal. Kshayra, the animal is still kosher. Let's be afraid that, that there was a hole in there. We're not. We assume al pirov, everything is okay. That's why you don't have to check the simonim. Rabo b'shem rabonin tamon, Let's just do one last thing here. We only have a couple minutes. If a person davens for something that's already occurred, it's not a normal tefillah. It's a tefillah shav. But Rav, the Beit Yanai Omer, he says, the only way I say that you don't daven for the child to be a boy is b'yoshevet alamashber. It's only when the woman is in the birthing chair and the baby is about to come out, then it's going to be a boy, no matter a girl, no matter what. But, <laughs> right? Hamas Nisa, Hemas Nisa, Hakodem Yitzli. That's what the Mishnah means. But before she gets to the birthing chair, Rav Yanai wanted to go against the Stam understanding of the Mishnah and say, you can daven for miracles. Before she gets to the birthing chair, you could daven for the baby to turn into a girl or a boy. <laughs> Who knows? Even when the woman's in labor, God can maybe do a miracle. Why? What do we say? We say this, the that God, we are like a piece of clay in God's hands. So even a human being is like a piece of clay that you can rub off and make it look different. So, the proof that a, a baby can change is Ikur Ibur Sheldina Zacharaya. Really, Dina, when she was a, 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 a fetus gestating inside of Leah, was a male. Dina was actually a boy. And what happened? Not like the Bavli. It's not Leah who davened. You know who davened? Because Rachel was, Rachel saw that, that Dina was pregnant. Rachel said, I want to have at least one more boy. So Rachel's tvilot are what changed the baby inside of Leah. That's what the Pasuk says. What does it mean, Achar? The Bavli says it was Leah, it was the big tzaddikas who didn't want her sister to suffer. That's the way the Bavli has it. In the Yerushalmi, it was Rachel who didn't want to lose out. And she said, I want another boy. I want to make sure. And it was about Benyamin that she was davening. That's according to the Yerushalmi. That's what she said. Yosifli Hashem ben Achar. That's what Amr Yudim Pazi b'shem the base Rav Yanai imenu Rachel miniviot arishonot aita amra od achar yemi many. There's going to be one more boy for me besides Yosef. She, why? She didn't say I should have many more boys. She says Yosef li od ben Acher when Yosef was born. So she knew there was going to be one more, and she davened when she saw that Dino was Leah was pregnant. That that 
should <laughs> that should be a girl and what she has should be a boy. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. She didn't say, I want many sons. She knew there was only going to be 12 boys. And that's why she davened for, when Yosef was born, she davened for Benjamin. And that was what changed the baby inside of, of Leah. Again, according to this Yerushalmi, um, the great Sadiq Rabbi Yonason Shtaif said that you are allowed to daven for miracles. Based on this Yerushalmi, not like the Bavli. The Bavli says it really depends. He says the Yerushalmi from Rav Yanai, and he wants people to know you can still daven for miracles, even for lost causes. You can still daven for God to change and do miracles. That's what Rav Yonason Shtaif said is based on, on, on Zatzal is based on uh, this Yerushalmi. Let's end with one last positive thing. When you hear about terrible things, don't say, don't daven. Have bitachon. Say, I, I have bitachon and Hashem that it's not in my house. When a person, we hear about this now everywhere. Every time you open the news or a WhatsApp, you can't have this terrible fear about it. We're going to live with it the best we can. So that's the Yerushalmi learning for tonight. I, I know it's quite easy. I hope it was enjoyable for you. Um, uh, we have a question from, um, from, we're going to start the Bavli now. We have a question here from Iran. If a person gets paid for a mitzvah, how can he still make a bracha? Okay. Like um, building sukkah. Okay. So Iran's question was, we learned tonight in the Yerushalmi that when you build a sukkah, you make a bracha. And when you build a sukkah for someone else, you make a bracha and you mention the other person. Um, Iran wants to know if you're getting paid, can you still make a bracha? The answer is yes. A person gets paid to do mitzvahs all the time. Uh, we paid a lot of money, Iran, for this Baltimore this year, remember? Yes, yes. Uh, so, and, and he blew the yeah, show for, for us. The guy left. I don't want to say how much money he went with, but Moshe and CEO knows. I know how much money he took. It wasn't a lot of money, maybe, but he got paid nicely for doing this mitzvah. So you, you can get paid for doing a mitzvah. So uh, even if you take money and you can make a bracha as well. Obviously, it's better. It up. Yes. I think you should mention that these are only the opinion of Yerushalmi, yes. and we don't ask him like this. Oh, yes. I, I, I thought I said, I, I will emphasize it again. One of the one of the great pleasures we have of learning the Yerushalmi is seeing a different world. It's not our world, because our Pesach Halacha is based very much on the Bavli. Maybe it could have changed. Uh, there are people that say that in the Mota Mashiach, we're going to use the Yerushalmi more for Pesach. But the way things are now, we don't pass in based on the Yerushalmi, unless the poskim mentioned that. But we are enjoying learning it, finding out a little different perspective. Okay, now, speaking of Bavli, we're going to start the Bavli now. And in the email, you'll see it. Uh, that is uh, Shabbat 17a. That, uh, that's Yud Zion Amid Aleph in Masechet Shabbos. Okay? 
So we're, we, we have about uh, uh, 34 minutes. We're going to try to do as much as we can. Here we go. Um, from the top of the page, countdown, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. The 15th line from the top of the page. Yud Zion Amid Aleph, line 15 from the top. Now, what are we looking for? We're looking to catch 18 takanot, 18 gezerot, 18 laws that the Shammai people pushed over the Hillel people, and they had to accept it, and they became very firm, strong laws in the Jewish people's lives. Two of them are part of Masechet Shabbat directly. They have to do with reading at a lamp, on an oil lamp, and, and, and delousing yourself on Shabbat. Uh, by an oil lamp. Then we were mentioning the rest of the 16. We found nine in Mesechta's Zavim. We found two or three yesterday, but we still need to find a couple more. So here we go. Ve'idach, habotzer legat. Shamay omer huchshar, Hillel omer lo huchshar. All right, so I need to give you some explanation. Um, Food becomes mukhshar lekabel tumah when it becomes wet. And you have to want it to be wet. Food that is uh, harvested from the ground, if it never got wet, even if a sheritz falls on it, is not tomei, a kohen could eat it, and there's no problem. It's not considered tomei. But if it becomes wet, from your, and you want it to be wet, then it's a problem. Then it can become tomei. Now, what happened here was grapes were taken, and the grapes were taken and put into a holding area, and then they was going to put down the bod and crush them, and then the liquid would go into a big bore. Right now, they're in the holding area called the mitaan, the gat. That's where the, the grapes are. Now, the grapes, the top grapes... Are, 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 there's heat in there. And because of that, liquid is squeezing out of the grapes onto the other material. Is that liquid considered wine that's machshir the grapes to be makabotumah? Well, you don't really want that to happen. The reason is, is because it falls down. You actually would like to save that. You're not happy with that liquid that's falling on it. You'd like to save as much liquid as possible that it can become wine later. Has it become muksha or not? But Shammai wanted to rule. Shammai wanted to rule. The old Shammai wanted to rule muksha'r. That it is considered muksha'r. Only midrabanan. And we'll see why. But he felt that there was a reason to call it Mukhshar. And if a sheretz now falls into the basket or something falls in, it's now Tomei. And Hillel said, Lo, Hukshar. Amr le Hillel, le Shamai. Mipne ma botsrin bitahara, ve ain moskin bitahara. Okay. Now you have to understand, according to Shamai, that once you put the grapes in there and the liquid starts to squeeze out, it's Mukhshar le Kabotumah then the basket you're going to use, the container you're going to use is have to be tahar. Otherwise, if the containers were tamay, they're going to make the grapes and the wine tamay right away. 
So that would force people the extra expense to make sure all their uh, pressing baskets were tahar. And Shammai said, Hillel says, why are you insisting on that? You don't insist that when it comes to olives. Olives are called, when you gather olives, it's called mosik. When you gather grapes, it's called botser. Okay? When you, when you gather in wheat, it's called kotser. There's different, the Torah has different verbs for gathering, depending on what the object is you're gathering. So when it comes to grapes, it's called botser. When it comes to olives, it's called mosek. So Hilo said to Shammai, well, I see you're a big frummer when it comes to grapes. Why aren't you doing the same thing for olives? So Shammai was not happy. If you are going to, to, to try to get me upset, you're trying to ask questions, and you're just trying to be a drake up, as we say in Yiddish. You're just trying to chep me, as we say in Yiddish. You're just trying to be, come up and, and try to give me a question I, you don't think I can answer. Then you know what I'm going to do? Gozreni tuma Then I'm going to say that should be tome even by olives. Now the truth was there was a difference between grapes and olives, and the difference is the difference was that when it comes to olives, it definitely takes a lot. The 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 stuff to get you can't just press it out. Grapes. You actually, even if you don't physically do anything, the liquid of the grape will, will, will lower itself onto the lower grapes. When it comes to an olive, you would have to actually physically do something to get the olive's juices to be pressed out. And that, of course, would be, that would show that you really want the juice there. So it's a lot different than, uh, grapes work differently than olives. But Shammai says, you know what? If you don't understand it, I'm going to push even further and say everything should be tom. Everything should be mukhshar. Okay. Um, what happened? Notsu cherev bebeta midrash. The Shammai students put down a sword in the base medrash. Now, a lot of people don't understand what this means. What place is there for a sword in a base medrash? <laughs> why would why would you take your sword out, right? You put the sword down. A base medrash is a place to argue, but it's not a place to get violent. So again, I'm not sure exactly what the sword meant. Maybe it's a metaphorical sword. But the point was, Shammai was insistent, and he said, "Hanichnas um, if anybody wants to come and join us for this halacha story, uh, we're going to paskin about uh, about uh, about grapes that they are considered mukshar. You can come in, but I don't want anybody leaving. Hillel was was basically at that day. He was like a nobody. He was like just a regular Joe. He didn't, Hillel was the Nasi. He was actually bigger than, he had a higher position than Shammai. But that day when they were all in uh, the Aliyah of Chizkiah, and when they were talking about this or whenever, wherever this happened, I'm not sure where, when they were in that place, it was happening. Hillel was acting just like a regular nobody. And it was like the day, and for the Jewish people that they made the Egel. 
a very, very strong statement. Because Hillel was subdued. Hillel was cowered by the aggressiveness of Shammai. So, v'gozer Shammai v'Hillel, v'lo kibu minayu. And Shammai and Hillel, Hillel agreed, they made the takana, they said, when it comes to being boats or grapes, as soon as you put them in there and the liquid comes there, they are mukhshra everybody needs to get tohar baskets if they want to have tohar grapes, tohar wine. But what happened was, lo <laughs> the Jewish people didn't accept it. Even though that was a takana that was made and there were a lot of rabbis there, and the two biggest ones were Shammai and Hillel, it didn't take off. There was a resistance. People voted with their feet and they they refused to accept this takana at the time of Shammai and Hillel. Now, um, the Chassam Sofer, the great Chassam Sofer says, one of the reasons why it was like the day of the Egel, because at the day of the Egel, who was quiet? Aaron, Hur was killed. The people who should be talking weren't talking. Hillel should have talked and argued against it, but he didn't. Anyway, the people did not accept it. What happened later? Let's take a look what happened later. But then the students came a generation or two later, after Shammai and Hillel perhaps had passed away. And then they were Makabalit. And this is one of the 18 Zerot that we treat the Anavim as if they are Mukhshra Vakabal Tuma. My timer, what was the reason behind it? Because let's say you would use baskets that were ready tame. If you use baskets already tame, let me explain this. Give me a minute to explain. Food is makabal tumma if it's if it if it has a heksher. The heksher is liquid. But let's say the liquid, although you don't want this liquid on the food, and that really was Hillel's argument. You don't want this liquid on the food. But let's say the basket itself is tame. If the basket itself is tame and you know the liquid is there, then your das doesn't make it. Then your das cannot change that. If it's a if it's a non-tame surface and the rain is on it or other liquid is on it and you don't want that liquid on the food, it's not called a heksher. But if you know the object that the liquid is in is a Tomei object, so now, since the liquid is touching the Tomei object, it's going to be much, it's going to be for the food that's inside the object. And if you would use a Tomei basket, that would be considered Mukhshar. So therefore, Shammai and Shammai's Talmidim wanted all baskets to be considered, uh, all liquid, no matter what the basket is, to be considered Tomei. Says the Gemara, That's good if you say that a Kli Tome is able to cause the liquid that's in it to be considered Mukhshar, to make other things, to be to be Machshir a food. Because the Kli Tome makes the Mashkin, it's as if you have Rotzon on the Mashkin. But, those that have the Rashi's, if you look at the Rashi, Rashi says here, I don't know who that opinion is. And this is one of the places in Shas that Rashi says he doesn't know where the source comes from. But anyway, 
So, but if you say that being in a tome uh, basket doesn't make the liquid already a vehicle to make the food then how are you going to explain why Shammai and his students wanted to make this gezerah? So, what does this mean? I said before that one of the reasons you know the guy does not want this liquid dripping out of the grape is because they used to spill, once it hit the lower grape, the liquid that would then spill onto the ground. But let's say the basket that was used was sealed with, 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 with pitch. It was sealed with tar. That shows you the guy wants every drop of liquid. So even though the liquid is squeezing out of the grape, he wants it. That means he wants the liquid. So if he uses a basket that's sealed, that's an indicator he wants the liquid. And if he wants the liquid, that means the material has now gotten wet after it's been harvested and is now mukshravakabotuma. So if a person uses a sealed basket, that would be makshirit. So since people do use sealed baskets, Shammai made a takana, even when you use an unsealed basket where the liquid seeps out. Let's see the words inside. Rava said it's because of something else. Rava said what you're worried about is when you gather grapes, you don't gather them one by one. You gather them cluster by cluster, and then you put them in this basket, and they're, as I said, this 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 got where it's heating up and it's getting ready to be crushed. But many times, what you have is a whole cluster of grapes that are that you need to separate. Once the person puts them in the basket, he goes over there and he starts separating the grapes from each other. So he separates one from the other, one from the other. When he does that, it isn't he's physically causing the liquid to squeeze out. Let me explain it better. Up until now, we assume the liquid happens on itself. He puts them all into this place, and the liquid, because of the heat, because of the situation, starts to seep out of the fruit. But that, you could say, I didn't want it to happen. But if you physically do something, if you act with your hands and you start fiddling around with it and you start separating pieces, then using your hands itself is considered a das. That's considered willingness. That's considered like you wanted it to happen. And therefore, it's as if you wanted the liquid to fall out. And that, and, and there are many times when you gather grapes that you do sift around with your hand, separating stuff. That causes liquid to spill out. And in that case, it would be mukshar. So Shammai and his Talmidim wanted it to happen all the time. That's Gzeir Mishuma Noshchot. Rav Nachman Amar Rabba Baravua, Pamim Shaadam Holech Lekarmo Leida Imigia Navim Lebitzira Lo. He says you could say even another answer. Many times before it's time for gathering and getting the getting all the grapes, you send someone out, or you yourself go and you test the grapes that are on the vine. And what do you do? You pick one off and you, you bite into it or you squeeze it. And some of that juice gets squeezed onto 
one of the grapes right below it that's still connected. So let's say the man is the farmer and he goes over and he picks it out. He says, oh, that looks good. He squeezes it, he bites it, he tastes it. And some of that liquid that was done by his hand is now dropped on some of the grapes right underneath that. Okay? An hour later, an hour later, he tells Manuel and all the workers to come and gather all the grapes. The, the one that he was just at testing has got wet liquid on it. And when, he, when it gets taken off, another drop falls on the one below that. And that's considered mukhshar at that point. That liquid is still on there, and it's wet enough to go onto something else. That's what we were worried about, and that's why we made the takana. Okay, let's go on. We have uh, uh, we have about uh, 15 minutes. Ve'idach, uh, Amar, next to Amid Beis. Amar Tabi Rishba. Tabi. I don't know how many times he is in Shas. I think this is the only time. There is Tavi, the Evid of Rav Gamliel. This is Tavi Rishba. Tavi, Rashi says, what does it mean? He's a Rishba. Pores Nishavim Lutsud Chayavaov. He was a hunter. Tavi Rishba. Amar Shmuel, in the name of Shmuel. What was one of the Takanas? Avgi Dule Truma, Truma, Bobayom Gazrul. I need about 35 or 40 seconds to explain this. We know that if, uh, uh, produce that grows from your property, uh, if you don't take off trumas and maestros, is tevel. You need to take off trumas and maestros in order for not to be tevel. And then you can eat it. There's another mitzvah after you separate it to take it and give it to the Kohen and give it to the Levi. But that's a separate mitzvah altogether. Now. The truma that you separate, you give to the Kohen or you keep it by yourself. Let's say you would take that truma, either you or the Kohen, and you would plant it in the ground. Let's say I have a couple of stalks of wheat that's my truma. I dig a hole, I stick it in the ground, and a couple of weeks later, all that truma has sort of decomposed and something new has grown out of it. That's called gidule truma or an apple, an apricot, whatever it is that I made truma, I then take that piece and I stick it in the ground and stuff starts growing from it. Is that truma or not? Minatora, it's not. Minatora, the truma is decomposed. Even though it comes from truma, the truma is gone. Minatora. But the Rabbanon created a rule that stuff that grows from truma has the same din of truma of the of, of what was planted. So something that grew out of something that's truma is also truma. So let's say I have a wheat crop and I take off 2% and I don't give it to the Kohen. I replant it. It comes out of the ground as truma. <laughs> it comes out of the ground, not as, as, as regular payros that's tevel. There's a din truma de Rabbanon on that. And Right, and and even if I take off truma that, this is still called truma. Okay, why did they decide to make such a, an incredible xera? My timer, 
Because they were worried what would happen. I'm going to take the truma off, but I'm not going to give it. To, I'm cheap. I'm not going to give it to the to the Kohen. I am going to plant it. Now, if if I could get away with it, that's what I would do. But now it turns out when that thing grows, it's truma anyway. What did I gain? I still have to give. I have to give all that to the Kohen. Whatever comes out, I have to give to the Kohen. It's much worse. That's why we made the Kohen to stop the cheapskate Yisraelim. That's what we think the reason is right now. But Rav said, fourth line, Why do you think the guy is going to plant it? If he's such a cheapskate, he doesn't want to, 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 to give the truma. You're right. He doesn't want to eat tevel. He could be mafresh just a little nothing. Minatora, there is no shear for truma, as we're going to see. Kivin the Efshul Mavid Chita Achas Kid Shmuel, because we know Shmuel taught us that Chita Achas Poteret Atakri. We talk about Chita lot today in the Halacha, in the Yerushalmi, now in the Bavli. One little Chita can get rid of a whole silo. Minatora. It's only the Rabbanan that came up with the Remez that you should give a two percent truma, one fiftieth. But Minatora, the guy wants to be a Daraisenik and be a cheapskate, he'll just take off one chita. He's not going to take off uh, 0.2%. He's not going to take off a fifth and then plant it. What's going on with this guy? Mehemne, we should believe him. Why should we make a takon on Gidule Truma? What we're worried about is the Kohen. So now I have to explain 15, 20 seconds. A Kohen is not allowed to eat truma that's Tameh. If he's Tameh also, he shouldn't eat truma. If he's Tameh, he shouldn't eat hectish. What does a Kohen do with truma that's Tameh? Well, he could burn it. He's allowed to burn it. He could put it into the oven and use it as flame and use it as, um, use it as fuel. That's fine. But you know what? The Kohen might not want to do that. The Kohen might not want to do that. He figures this is a big waste. I'm going to take that truma, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to I'm going to plant that truma. I'm going to take that truma and I'm going to plant it in the ground. And when I plant Irina, when you plant the truma in the ground, what that means is. The Kohen is saved because now whatever grows out is fine. The Takana says, the Takana says it's just as Tameh as it was when you planted it. Because the din of Truma Tameh is whatever grows is just like the original that got planted. If it was Truma Tahar, it's now Truma Tahar. If it was Truma Tameh, it's now a whole tree, a whole forest of Truma that's Tameh. So the Kohen will not gain anything by doing this. Okay. Why are we so worried about the Kohen doing this? Why don't we want to help the Kohen out? The Kohen doesn't want to burn the Truma. Let the Kohen plant it. The Gemara says that we're afraid. He can't plant it tomorrow. He needs to wait till it's the planting season. And if he waits till it's the planting season... He'll keep the truma around, it's Tameh. He'll forget about it, then he'll eat it. So in order to save the Kohen, 
That's the reason why we made this super big gazera that any time you take truma and you plant it, even though it now basically uh, it basically dis- dissipates and, and basically crumbles under the earth and something else grows from it, it becomes truma, whatever grew from it. That's one of the Yudhches Tvarim. Let's get to the Mishnah. Um, ve'idach, I still, we still need more for number 18. Let's say it's late Friday afternoon, almost shkia, and you're traveling with your goyish friend. Well, usually what you do is you say, I need to stop. I can't go in, but okay, but maybe you could still get to the city. How about if you're carrying objects with you? How about if you have important money with you? Well, normally, we don't say that you can tell a guy before Shabbos to do work for you on Shabbos. But here we do allow it. Here we say, no sin kiso You can give it to the guy and say, listen, take this in for me. Carry it for me, even though he's going to be doing something that would be a malacha for you. Even though it's a rishus harabim, and it's after Shabbos he's carrying something for you, you're allowed to do that. Now, why? Because the other Eitzah was, before this Takana, was to carry it less than four Amos. The other Eitzah was, was to go less than four Amos and put it down. And that would be like a Din Darabonon or even less than a Darabonon. We're afraid people aren't going to do that. When it comes to their money, they're nervous, they're going to go more than four Amos. Things are not normal in their head. So we allowed an Isser Darabonon of Amira Lenochri in this situation, because we say that's the best thing. So we actually told people, if you're traveling, Arab Shabbos late, and you're traveling with Goyim, give the Goyim your objects, tell them to carry it, tell them the address where they should drop it off. And that was one of the takonas of the Yud Chestvarim. But we're still missing a few. V'idach, Amar Bali, Amar Sanvata'a, here they are, Pitan, Shmanam, Yenan, Ubinoteyen, the bread of a non-Jew. Bread that is baked, not by a bakery, not by a professional bakery, but by a non-Jewish friend who wants to send you his bread. Shemanam. He's, he's made oil, and he wants you to be able to use the oil for cooking and for heat. Yenan, his wine. Vinoteyen, or his daughter. Kulan miyudches dvavarhen. These are all part of the 18 things. Hmm. Now we have all 18. All of these count as one because they're all about staying away from non-Jews because we don't want to end up intermarrying with them. So he says, Honey, Rav Meir, El Rav Yossi, Shavsiri Havin, Korant Rav Yossi, there's 17. So, Iko, Hodor, Rav Achabarada. Rav Yossi will pick one more. We found another place to get number 18. The reason why Chazal said you shouldn't eat their bread is because they also made Xer not to use their oil. Now, I need to mention here that the Xer against oil was one of the Xeros that was never accepted completely. And eventually, Rebbe Yudah Nasi said, I'm canceling it. It never really took hold. So you can use oil made by a non-Jew. But originally, originally they had, that was part of their takana. So the Gemara asks, what do you mean bread because of oil? 
It's, it's almost like oil is worse than bread. My ume deshem and mipas. If anything, bread is more of a staple that brings you closer to the person who sends you the bread. You'll come over and eat with them. Why is oil better than bread? Remember, says you're right. They're the same. Why? Something that we thought was worse. To drink wine with them. If they send you over wine and you come over and say, this was a great bottle of wine, you're going to sit down and drink with them. Wine is the type of thing not only that you enjoy, but it also makes you close to the person who gave it to you. And then you're going to come over to his house. You're going to sit together and drink. And who knows what sort of tomfoolery and worse is going to happen between you and the Goyish world. So wine was the thing we were more afraid of. Okay. But why were we so afraid of sitting and drinking with them with their wine? Why were we worried about becoming buddies with them and hanging out with the Goyim? Vayenon mishum binotayen. That was because we're afraid they're going to give us their children. There's going to be, they're going to grow up together and they're going to, right? This was what the Sephardim were worried about in, 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 in Brooklyn, right? By the Syrians. This is what they were worried about when they came there with the Italians. They looked sort of dark like the Italians did. And they made this incredible zeros against Gerim and things like that. You know what I'm talking about. So we know that there has been a history of getting too friendly. And once we get too friendly with them, we're going to start coming up with excuses to marry their daughters. And and that means we're going to live with them. Okay? There's one other thing we're not mentioning. What's the other what's the other thing? My Yesterday we talked about the Takana of Kutim. We talked about girl kusim, kusi girls that the Kutim don't understand the dinam of Nida, and the, we said all Kusi girls are Tame, even when they're babies, and even when you don't expect them to menstruate. Now we have a new Takana, number 18, according to Rabbi Yossi, the Takana against non-Jews, that not all non-Jews we consider Tame. Even babies that are one day old, we consider them Zavim. We consider them all Tame. Now really, Minatora, there's no such thing as a Zav who's a non-Jew. Zov is only by a Jew. But they made a takana, a gzera, against all non-Jews to treat them as tameim. Why? Because we don't want the kids growing up. We want the Kohanim families, the families that keep tahara, to say the Goyesha family, those kids are tame. Halachically, rabbinically tame. They ruin our truma. We can't get involved with them. Why? Because um, because otherwise, the kids will grow up together. And the Goyesha kid doesn't think it's so bad to be involved in homosexuality. And he's going to experiment. And his, he's going to be a boyfriend with this kid. And and maybe it's natural even to experiment in some ways with homosexuality. I don't know. But clearly in those days, the Goyesha families were not so against it. And the children were more prone to that. We want our children to stay away. And because of that, we made Xavier against even their children, that their children had a din of, uh, uh, of Zavim to make them tummy. Sumar says, one second. That's a very nice Xayra. What does Rav Meir do with that? Iochi, Rav Meir Nami, Tishsari Havian. It comes out to be 19. 
Gemara says, you know, one of the things that we said before, one of the one of the original nine after the first two, we had foods that became Tomei with liquids. Uh, then we had Kalim that become Tomei by liquids. Put them all together. Let those all be one. And this way you'll get 18. And that way you'll be able to have 18. So that we finished. It's 908. Uh, we basically have done today's daf. Uh, there is the Mishnah here. I think it probably makes sense to hold off on this Mishnah till tomorrow. Okay? So, um, so if anybody has any questions, uh, you can ask them. Tomorrow, again, we're going to start at this time at 7.40. I'll, I'll be able to send out the material er- earlier. Thank you. Again, I already thanked Jonathan for his help today. It was invaluable. And thank you, Moshe, for also... Why can't there be 19? All right. And there'll be also... Why can't there be 19? Um, Saying if you have 19, make a 19. Well, what's, what's, what's the big deal? Add another one. Uh, why make why add all of them together and just to make 18, to make this fit all, all nicely? Because what the Mishnah said, the Mishnah said the number 18. Um, we'd like the Mishnah to be correct if we can. You're right. Sometimes we might push ourselves. Uh, maybe it's 19. I'm going to stop the recording here. Uh, it's a good question. But I, I think we wanted to find 18. And I think that was part of the, 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 the hunt that was going on. We were hunting. And that was sort of like the game the Gemara was playing. Let's find the Takanot. And that allowed us to get a panorama of all of Shas, of all these different sequels of Tumintara. Uh, rabbi, Rabbi. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.